All right, Frank, I may have made a huge, huge mistake, which is I already have iOS 17 installed and it just dropped 20 minutes ago. Uh, as, as far as I know, they just added 3D stuff to it. So I think you're safe. You're going to get the the AI keyboard, though. That's like the one, you know, usually like they give us uh, emoji to get us to upgrade. I want the new keyboard because I, I don't like ducks. I, I like to write other words from time to time. That's right. There's a lot of transformers in disguise inside of that keyboard. Um, the, you know, I think... Uh, WWDC. So we we teased a few days ago. We're here. We just watched the keynote and the platform state of the union. I watched all of them. Did you watch all of them, Frank? On your Apple TV? I, I, I watched all of them. I, I watched them on my iPhone, pathetically enough. I don't mm. know. Usually I watch them on the TV, but this time it was all iPhone. And uh, I, I actually, I was a little bit late, but I caught the good part. So that was fine. Uh, I was a little bit worried and I'm a little bit sad that all my predictions were basically wrong uh my price guess was wrong there's yep. no marty but no smarty wrong so I, I get a little bit of happiness there but yeah wwdc has happened and there are new iphones new macs and new other things to deal with new operating systems my apps work i can i can uh, proudly support that i booted up both of my applications and they're working perfect amazing um, do, do you have a favorite I already have a favorite. I have a favorite. I have a favorite thing that was announced. So let's just start with our favorite thing that was announced. What was your favorite thing that was announced? And it could be in either the keynote or the platform state. I'm going to pick something I'm not going to get. So that's a little bit sad. So I think that my favorite thing I'm not going to buy. But that M2 Ultra Mac Studio computer. It's making my iMac 2017 look a little bit old. It just, it the, the computer aged in front of my eyes as I was watching this video because I'm like, I know how good my M1 is. I have, you know, the first M1 and it's great. Yeah. And so I can't imagine what a giant M2 Ultra would be. So I, I, I'm reserving the obvious thing, the elephant in the room, the one more thing, but... Uh, if we ignore that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that it was really cool that they did announce, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting start to the keynote because they announced a new MacBook Air 15 inch. OK, um, they announced the Mac Studio with the M2 Ultra, Ultra. Um, and then the new Mac Pro, which only has the M2 Ultra. You know, that's cool. Uh, and mm-hmm. expansion ports, PCIe things for the first time. It's probably going to be. Bajillion dollars. Those seemed really, I mean, that really seemed focused on the pro market. They were talking about, you know, 24, yeah. 22 streams of 8K video, all this stuff. I was like, man, you know, because I try to watch eight, you know, 20 streams and it's like, I'm bogging down. So <laughs> there's that. I was joking and we had a whole, you know, Teams chat going on with the. Well, it only supported what, like eight 5K displays? Like, I mean, yeah. really, Apple, can you try harder? <laughs> Need of all. And, you know, it's funny. I, I've never been interested in the, I, I used to own one, an old iMac that, or an old Mac. Mac. That wasn't even the Intel processor. What was it before that? The PowerPC. And mm. that had the PCI ports. And you know how many PCI cards I put into it? zero so <laughs> i've just never kind of cared about the pci ports on the mac i thought the crazy mac pro the cylinder trash can one was yeah. a little bit wild and crazy um but for some reason i just have no interest in the pci card give me that mac studio 
Yeah, I feel like like we talked about Mac Studio. I want that in the Windows form, whatever that comes. This would be the machine that I would buy, you know, overall. I feel like it's right in the middle, so it's really nice. If I was, you know, just wanted to get into the market, well, that's my MacBook Air. That's my Mac Mini. Although I love the my MacBook Mini, you know what I mean? But I feel like the mm-hmm. Studio and then the you know, Pro, the kind of this ultra thing. Here's my favorite one. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Store kit updates. Um, and <laughs> you store, are such a nerd. <laughs> store kit UI building blocks. Because Frank, nobody wants to build UIs <laughs> to manage displaying and showing subscriptions and updates and free trials. How? And all these things. They have building blocks. They have a product card. They have a subscription view. And you just, it's two lines of code and you just get the UI for free and it does everything for you. It's beautiful. Oh Why has it I taken it. seven years, eight years to get this stupid UI? Does <laughs> Apple think Ugh. we want to write UIs? We don't want to write management UIs. No. You know, mm-hmm. all I want is a baked in UI where I can put a text box and maybe change the font, maybe yeah. make it a rich text box or something. You know, that's good enough for me. Um, I, I do get it. They wanted to support video games, but moving on, all apps have to have this UI now. So. I'm more than happy to punt. I just wish it was introduced in iOS 11, not 15 or 17 jeepers. Ugh, that's going to be an ugly if statement in my code base. <laughs> I know. I, I agree. I, I do think that is one thing that is always kind of a bummer compared to Android, which has like the backwards compatibility layers is uh, it's like, come on, I really want to put this into all. Oh, okay. So I, I guess I get to use this in three years type of situation. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that, that um, was my, that was my pick of the day one, I should say in our full recap of, we're not going to watch 270 videos, but we are going to watch two. So there's that. They're, I mean, were they joking? 170. I, I hope they're all like um, 10 minute videos. I hope they're all like YouTube videos. Yeah, I think they are. I think they're shorter ones. I think there's some longer ones, some shorter ones. You can see them already on the developer dot, uh, account. Uh, we haven't talked. I have to side row detract us a little bit we haven't talked about the production value um it was a pretty good show they i I, their transitions are getting more and more wild every year and to the point where i think they're just hiring artists and they're like come up with the craziest transition you can think of and then they do it and it looks great uh the worst one was obviously the giant guitar but uh they were all fantastic Oh, Craig. No. And here's the funny part. Did you see some of the tweets come out from people that are actually at WWDC? They're, they're just watching it on, on a big screen. That's it. Yeah, I imagined. I imagined mm-hmm. uh, that and the State of the Union and pretty much every video, huh? So like, in a way, it's good because I think the engineers, they're still doing the labs and they're doing a few yeah. other things I don't fully understand. I was looking around in the developer app um, for things to sign up for. I don't think I'm going to do a lab this year, but if it gives the engineers more time to do labs and things instead of presentations, who cares at this point? They're more polished this way. They can get transitions. (laughs) I think it worked well because there, you know, I am imagining the amount of people that are actually there in person is really minimal. It looked pretty small. So you're really only going to go if you want to do some of that stuff or hang out with your friends. It's all for networking. (laughs) It's all just to hang out. Uh, but the, yeah. the writing was on the wall for that because the ticket was only for like three days or something, right? Or yeah, so, either way. Yeah, I don't even know the details, but uh, uh, I'm I'm here for the products. I, I realized, boy, it's a developer conference, but that was a big commercial for products too. 
<laughs> it was. I mean, I I'm probably going to get a new watch. I believe that'll be my oh, new um, fall thing they, whenever the new one comes out. It's good. They added the best feature ever, and I don't think my my watch is going to support it. But when um, that fancy watch is tracking your location when you're hiking, it remembers where the last cell signal was. Cool. That would be so useful so many times in my life. <laughs> I'm kind of angry that like, I wonder if there's apps out there that do this, but oh, it's tricky on the watch because it's all power drain and all that. So yeah, oh, I don't want to put down the big bucks, but that, that awesome watch is looking good. And the official, I officially got Sherlocked for the very first time as, um, so people don't know what Sherlocking is. That's basically when you have an app or, you know, basically your entire app or of core features of your app get built into the operating system. And I have an app called My Cadence, which I'm very proud of. I built during the pandemic, uh, which is an app that connects to Bluetooth sensors on stationary bikes to give you your cadence. Um, that And that's half of it. And then often a lot of other apps will do heart rate monitoring and do zones. So that was some feature I was thinking about adding, which I'm not going to anymore, because Apple now, if you have an Apple Watch, it'll just connect to those sensors and it will use the new widget kit, whatever magic, live activities to show you all that information on your screen. So it's maybe even better than my app because it does the overlay on top of apps in real time <laughs> compared to side by side of an app. But I, I am proud. I am pleased. This has never happened to me before, Frank. And we have friends that it has happened to um, before uh, and podcasters that we listen to. And I, it's a proud moment. I, it kind of means like it was a big gap that my app filled. There are plenty of people without an Apple Watch that will still probably want the app or, you know, don't even know what it's a feature of the Apple Watch. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it works and, and if there's things that I can steal and put back into the app. And usually that's what it drives to uh, in general. But I was just about to add HomeKit functionality into the app, funnily enough. So it's kind of like, all right, I guess I'm good. You know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I'm proud. I'm pleased it happened. And I think the watch is just uh, the, the new UI looks good. These activities look good. Uh, and I have a watch three. So I think it's time to upgrade it. Well, it's a terrible thing to be proud of, but it is kind of a big moment. As you said, at least there's a big enough marketplace they decided to be there. But there's a lot of big marketplaces they don't get into. But this is just them still looking for a good use of the watch <laughs> beyond being a watch. Agreed. I, um, I totally agree. And because I'm a cyclist already, I was like, this is great. One less thing, one less worry, you know, and sometimes I don't even use my own watch or my own app because I'm like, that's yet another thing to open up and to do blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm just want to cycle and this will be good for the winter. Yeah. So I'm excited for it to come out. Yeah, I do wonder, as, as you know, uh, you have to have like specialized data databases for each like device because in the end, they're, none of them are compatible. So mm. I, I, I wonder if they're going to expose any of that to the app layer and you could at least hook into that but yeah that might be asking for a little bit much to be honest so uh i i have to admit that i i i started getting a little uh tired during that section and wasn't quite paying attention because it's so watch fitness section i tend to zone out during it um did they really like copy copy your app Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's it, it's my app plus the heart rate zones basically. Yeah. So it's it's literally okay. like here is the cadence connecting to Bluetooth sensors or stationary bike devices. It Does it have a giant number in the middle of the screen? Uh, so here's the best part of it: is it puts a giant number anywhere on top of your iPad screen right, that yeah. you want. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. even better. It's really okay. Good. Okay, just checking. Well, uh, sorry. Congratulations. All the emotions. 
<laughs> I'm excited to give it a go. I don't know if my watch can get the uh, the previews, but I, I'll try to give it a go. I remember I just need to get a new watch, but I'm going to wait to the fall because I want that new watch. I do want the fall detection, a bunch of other stuff. It's good. Um, that's really much it on the watch. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff, maps, updated hiking features. Like you said, there's a new mental health and vision health stuff, which I want to talk about a little bit when R- I get to rolling my eyes, rolling my uh, eyes a bit. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about iOS really quick? Oh, sure. Except I, I don't really recall anything changing in iOS and it's kind of wonderful that way. I already mentioned my favorite feature, the keyboard improvements. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So keyboard big overhaul with a bunch of yeah. AI built into it. We got uh, AirDrop, aka NameDrop, now coming in. That's cool. Yeah, uh, Bump. Oh. Remember the Bump app? Talk about being Sherlocked. This is like yeah. Sherlocking after like 15 years or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad the Bump app is back. Um, and if it does simplify AirDrop, I'm all for it. Have you been in the situation where you're like, my AirDrop's on, my AirDrop's on? Well, what, what you never, can I send a thing? <laughs> yeah, what you, what you never want to do is like hand someone your your phone right anymore. And that's what this kind of gets rid of for the contact yeah. sharing and the bumping. And yeah, I mean, actually, AirDrop always works kind of good for me, but I'm only ever sharing with like Heather and that's it. Photos. Yeah. But I do like the continuity stuff that they put in, which is like you can start sharing and then magically you could leave and it'll just work. And like, yeah, and then it's like, oh, you can, you know, start a FaceTime call on your Apple TV and then you can just like use your phone and the camera just work and you're like that's cool and you're just like whoa this is you know just kind of wild scenarios i was a little disappointed they have um activity sharing through the share kit which is like a Mm. a kit designed for media like videos and audio makes sense i have a podcast player i could integrate it it's a little bit sad like Otherwise, the whole UI kit thing has been overhauled with activities, user activities, UI user activities. And that's how you kind of state the intentions of what your app is doing, how you do um, handoff and things like that. So it's a little bit weird that it's still a little bit media focused, but I guess they had to draw the line somewhere with the bumping. Otherwise, people yeah. would just be bumping everything. I don't know. I don't know why they don't have activity sharing, but maybe they do. Well, I kind of feel like that would be ideal. Like I was thinking about like, oh, what if you had an app that basically, you know, wanted to share the like podcast, right? Like there is a nearby API that that um, Google has had forever. So a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. is built into Android devices. But like on Pocket Cast, for example, if you have Pocket Cast and I have Pocket Cast, we put them next to each other and it's like, here's all my podcasts. Here's all your podcasts. Like you should be able to more easily connect up in that way so i'll be fascinated to see how that kind of evolves over time if they kind of just don't have enough friends but uh maybe for fun i'd try implementing the share kit Mm. i don't know yeah weird feature Uh, but other things the free bump phone new contact posters live transcriptions and voicemails leave a message in facetime call to action yeah i i think I, I hate memojis and things like that, but I do hope all my friends actually do create those poster things, even if they're yeah. dumb and simple. I just want to know if a phone call is spam or not. That That's all my life is. It's a binary decision. And so a little call to action. If you have my phone number, please use this feature, even if it's just a red screen. You know, it's better than the normal screen. I bet what they'll do is when you install iOS 17, which they didn't do currently, I bet they'll do like some sort of setup process when you get a new phone that's like, and set up your profile and then take a photo of yourself as least a default. 
I, mm-hmm. I like that idea. I think that's a lot better uh, in general. Actually, you know, a feature I really like is this check-in feature because I'm always asking people like, oh, let me know when you get home or when you get to the grocery <laughs> store, or when you get whatever. And now it's just like built in. I don't know. I mean, these are just features. These are nice. There's a, um, oh, oh, I mean, I'm thinking iOS and iPad OS. Like there's suggestion APIs. So you could like be a suggestion. Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly worried about Kelka. <laughs> I, I got to see how uh, UI text view changes because I don't know if it, they didn't say uh, in the keynote, obviously, and not in the State of the Union, whether the text box improvements are opt-in or opt-out. So I'm curious oh. to see if suggestions are on by default or not, because I bet you I bet you most apps, 99% of apps are going to be fine, but Calc is going to hurt. So I yeah. got to find out what the effects are of that thing. I think besides that, you know, the biggest thing that I really saw in the iOS, iPadOS thing is probably the widgets. I'm actually kind of excited for widget kit updates. I'm not a widget developer. However, that being said, as a user, I really like that one. They're expanding outside of the Mac. They're interactive now, which is kind of mind boggling via this whole crazy system that they have set up. It's really mind boggling. Mm -hmm. They went through it, how the interactions work with intense. It feels very Android-y, which is wild. (laughs) My favorite part is the continuity, which is if you have apps on your iPhone and they have widgets, and let's say that app doesn't even have a Mac application, you, those widgets on your iPhone will just show up on your Mac and then you can pin them to your dashboard and then you can interact with them, but they're not even on your Mac, they're on your iPhone. And that's, I like when I saw that, I was like, this is my, like, my mind is, I don't even know what, what magic they're doing here, but it is mind boggling. I do understand yeah. now that they described in like a, a flow diagram, but I was like, this is ridiculous and kind of wild. <laughs> okay. I missed the flow diagram. Tell me, James, is this kind of the same trick they use for the Apple watch uh, widget system where they're updated sporadically? Your code only gets executed from time to time, uploads a timeline. Is it that kind of system or something new? Yes, there are. Yeah, it says that it's the, there's, there's a widget code extension there's running widget code, which calls extension code, which um, which gets snapshotted, and then the the UI updates. The transitions in the UI happen automatically with the animation system, but then um, those snapshots that are sent in between basically is w- what is um, being sent over to like the Mac OS device or to the widget for the interactive. So you you're interacting with a with the, the UI code, but it's calling via an intent. So what's ending up happening on the Mac is you're calling an intent kind of like handoff almost via this intent system, app intent system, um, which is going to go do something. And those app intents are specifically a new API, uh, which will automatically show up in shortcuts. So for example, if you had a you know Tesla, everything that you could do on your widget, you might have an intent for. Um, and uh, then those would show up inside of like the shortcuts app, for example, So like start car, you know, do it. I guess yeah. that's, I don't know what else you do in a test start car, <laughs> stop car, things like that. Uh, so, but it's, it's this diagram basically where you're running this extension code, which gets snapshot and then the intent goes, and then it's kind of this circle and the snapshot is what's being sent back and forth across the wire. You know, I've written one widget app unreleased because I, I could never fully decide if I liked it or not. Um, and it, it was interesting because I ended up writing in Swift because widgets are just easier there. 
using the kit. So it's funny, yeah. a lot of the features you're mentioning, they, they kind of did exist and they've been promote, promoting this intent-based thing. So I guess uh, this year is like that magic trick that they're pulling of uh, bringing it over to the Mac. But it's funny because just how their templates work and everything in that app, I, I click the run on Mac checkbox and also ran it on the Mac and the widgets show up on the Mac also. So it's a weird, weird magic game they really have to play. If What if you have the Mac version of the app also running? Do you get mm. duplicate widgets? I wonder how they handle all those crazy scenarios they get into in this multi-device world. Yeah, I'm pretty intrigued in that as well. I do think it's... In, cool magic yeah, trick. Yeah, cool magic trick. That's and that is a new model. I, I haven't seen a model that explicit where they say they're actually kind of screenshotting, screenshotting, and then doing a diff. Yeah. Interesting. Um, besides that, yeah, macOS gets a new game mode. That's cool. Sonoma, <laughs> not Napa. I, I knew it was, <sighs> I called I called Sonoma, Heather called Napa, and I was right. Ooh. So. Cool. Uh, I have no guess. I don't know anything about California, so that's perfect. Well, we uh, only know because we're, we're, you know, we like wine and we like Willamette Valley here uh, in mm-hmm. Oregon. And I've been to Napa, but then my uh, we have friends that are like, oh, you should go to Sonoma because it's like way, mm-hmm. you know, more reasonably priced and like, you know, some better wines there as well. Because just Napa land is so expensive. So that's why the wines are often much more expensive, which is why, by the way, if you get wines from like Spain or Italy or France, because the land has been like generational, it's cheaper. It's it's cheaper to, to cheap, you know, get wine that is oh. less expensive. Right. So just because it's cheap wine from Spain doesn't mean it's cheap wine. It just means that like the cost of the land is a lot cheaper <laughs> compared to like Napa. Anyways, fun fact about California, wine. <laughs> California. Um, I do want to. I do want to say I, I am tempted to put Ice Circuit into game mode. I am curious <laughs> to see if there's any performance change. I like that. I, and I'm not sure exactly how it works. If like the user does it, or if you, I guess you could do an intent for it. I, it he, yes, to be determined. I will report back once I get this thing downloaded and start reading the diffs. I think it's really genius because it not only you know does a lot of stuff where it puts things in the background, but it also will increase the Bluetooth sampling rate. So if you're listening to audio or, or your game controllers or things mm-hmm. like that, it's also going to improve that entire overall system. So very smart. Um, and, you know, there is like in Windows, I think there's a game mode. So that maybe that exists already. I'd have to like check that out specifically and see if what's in there. But you know, hey, they had a big focus on on Mac and gaming. So <laughs> you know, that was a big thing. They had a game porting toolkit. They had Unity on stage talking about yeah. vision stuff and all sorts of game stuff. So game, 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 games, games, <laughs> games. Also, port your game to the elephant in the room that we re- refuse to mention. So that's, I think, part of it is get your games ported over to Metal so we can render them on our Magic device. Okay, so let's go through the checklist before we get to this puppy. So we got Air uh, Air, Air Max done, Pro Max done, inch. iOS 17 done. Um, <laughs> they didn't change much. How many, how many tick, tock, tick years, or whichever <laughs> one is the slow year? We're, we're getting a lot of slow years in iOS. I don't mind yeah. it, but uh, we're definitely getting slow years. Let's see, share play, tvOS. You can find your remote now. Uh, cycling, they killed my app. Um, <laughs> I'll see here. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to go now to, into the state of the platform. Oh, okay. um, I only have one question. Everything else seemed pretty straightforward to me. Now we're in like, before we talk about final hardware, final thoughts, and we get to, because that was, 
it was each one third of the keynote and the state of the platforms was vision stuff. The one thing I really want to talk about is there's new Swift stuff, right? So new Swift UI components, rad, new Swift C++ interop, rad, new Swift data, rad, cool. New widget cat, cool. Tip kit, that's actually kind of cool. Here's what I, I need you to explain this to me because it was the very first thing they showed, which is Swift macros. And I don't quite understand them. Um, th they're annotations, but they do stuff and check stuff. D can you explain yeah. it to me? Because I feel like I needed to know. And I, I kind of was being distracted by an email at the time when she explained <laughs> it to us. Um, I, I, I can explain it, but I have to stay at a high level because I don't know their implementation details. Mm. But I, I just from what they said, I can make a lot of guesses. Uh, good educated guesses, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, so we have C-sharp code generators, right? They, yes. They, we, we did it the hard way for a long time with crazy targets and all that stuff. And then they built it into the compiler so you could write them more easily. Code generation. It's a thing. It's code that manipulates code. That's the meta part. So that's the... Um, uh, that's the, you're stepping outside the box, you're using the language to mm. manipulate the language itself kind of stuff. And what can you do with that? Well, you can do fancy things like we do in .NET, like pre-compile your JSON so that it gets whatever, serialized very quickly and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do more, um, what do they call it? Aspect-oriented programming where you have your security layer kind of as just attributes, but those attributes signal that there's a whole code generation step and a bunch of security stuff gets added to those objects. It's good for object relational mapping. SQLite-net could totally use it. I don't use it. I do everything with reflection, uh, but it could use code generation uh, macros in this case. So uh, that's what they did. They just took um, this concept that's been around forever. C has supported it forever. Lisp supported it forever. Uh, they did a scheme. Got to mention scheme. They made it safe. Uh, <laughs> they tried to. They implemented a safe-ish version of it. Of course, you can always shoot yourself in the foot with it. And with it, they started doing some fancy things. And the fancy things are interesting. But overall, like the technology is both ancient but also incredibly powerful. <laughs> so, so it's nice to have. Nice ad, basically. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. If I was to compare macros to CodeGen, I like the name macros in a way because to me macros inside of visual studio are like here's a bunch of these default templated macro things and i would say like if and it's like here's a bunch of stuff right <laughs> and you're like okay cool so things like that i think are are nice so that makes sense okay cool so we saw a lot of that throughout a bunch of code basically yeah. with at signs and pound signs and things like that swift data you texted me you were excited about swift data <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, they're basically doing what I do with reflection with SQLite, but they're doing it in the cloud. I do need to make a cloud version of SQLite-net. What I liked about Swift data is it seemed like they integrated, it says on top of core data and they integrated it directly into like Swift UI annotation. So you could say, here's a list of things and map to this and then it'll update automatically and things like that. Made things observable by default and it was kind of cute. Yeah, they, I, the core data is pretty nice on SwiftUI. It's nice to see them integrating data with UI stuff. Um, they, they already had something like fetch query, which was like a refreshable query, which was always nice to use also. So good to see Apple, who's known for UIs, making sure that UIs are somewhat easy to program. 
And the UIs this year were looking pretty nice, I got to say, um, in general. Just I thought things are looking nice. Things are li- looking less fragmented across the board. <laughs> that's for sure with the watch updates and sort of more stuff coming to Mac and things like that. Um, looking at my notes here, I mean, there's some new privacy stuff. Talked about StoreKit, my favorite feature. I think my other big feature is Xcode is now 50% smaller. And simulators good. are all on demand. Probably good. I never know which ones to install. I, I like the random, like every time you reinstall Xcode, you get a new set of simulators. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm working on an iPad Air this, this week. <laughs> I, I, I do that. Enjoy that roulette there. Um, 50% smaller. So now it's only 16 gig. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I download it once a year now. Like, I just don't care. <laughs> Uh, you can use X codes, which automates it and makes it faster to download and extract and things like that. But yeah, um, anything else before we get to uh, the ski goggles? Let's go skiing, James, because I, I think that's all they focus. Can I just reiterate? Yay, they added keyboard improvements. That's not a large language model Oracle thing that all the big companies are doing that Microsoft announced, Google announced. Keep up, Apple. That's all I'm saying. Apple did a good job of talking about AI without saying the words AI. Interesting. That's interesting. Did they say machine learning? Uh, Not really. They did say transformers, Mm. they said, which is a machine learning model, a thing, a thing, type of machine learning. But they stayed away from AI uh, almost 100%. Now, they actually had some creepy demos when it came to the goggles. But beyond that, yeah, everything else that they talked about as far as their improvements in a lot of this technology, they danced around the concept that this was using AI and machine learning. And they talked about more of yeah. what you're getting out of it instead of the core technology underneath. Uh, you know, and I think one of the examples is the FaceTime feature where they're like extracting, you know, yeah. you out of it to kind of put you on top of a presentation or whatever uh, in Mac Look, OS. cool. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, no green screen. Required okay, now, now that, it's good. I'm just going to interrupt you because it, now that you say it, you're right, they did mention a lot of underlying AI technologies. They just don't want to be in the Oracle game yet. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, transcription of audio, live transcription of voicemail. Like these are all using, they do a bunch of uh, audio, you know, th- things. So, I mean, they had all sorts of little, but they've been doing that forever. Right. So it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's better now. Right. So I think that they, did that. And, you know, I, I think things are going uh, good uh, for the keynote. It's fun to watch the stock price side by side of both. You know, I watched all Terrible. of them, like Meta and Google Terrible. and Apple. And <laughs> just seeing what's happening. It's a fun, it's a fun game. Uh, just Wall Street see. is not indicative of anything. <laughs> it's all fine. They just start close the day, what they open the day. Um, okay, let's That's just fun. get to it. Uh, you know, okay, we dance around ski. for 30 minutes. Let's, let's go scuba it. diving. How, 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 skiing you know i did so much uh snorkeling it's my little snorkel mask last year trying to find that drone underwater so it's yeah. giving me it's got creepy eyes they put it in the creepy eyes are they creepy james did the eyes look they're, creepy to you well they're real eyes they're your real eyeballs frank but they're projected they're not really your eyeballs oh are they really uh-huh as far as i understand those wow. are synthetic eyeballs because uh, the distortion's just a little bit wrong, and they can't make it a clear screen, so they just illuminate parts of it. That was my understanding. 
willing to be corrected, but I believe they're projecting those eyeballs onto that thing. Okay. Because they were very clear to say gives the appearance of glass. Oh, you know, I think that makes sense. I'm looking at the Tim Cook ad. They're like, this is an ad. Just letting you know it's an ad. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking at it. Yeah, I guess so. Um, You were talking Apple Vision Pro. Yeah. Let me just state before we get started. We both can state. I do not own any headset or goggles. I don't own any. I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan. And not general. No, I don't want anything. You've owned them in the past. You've had some. No, no. I uh, Google Google Cardboard. Okay, keeping it that was keeping it. it real. No, nothing else. Never had anything else. I've tried them on. It's fine. I just don't want them. I don't have the space for them. I don't need them. I've worn like a hollow lens. Very cool. Mixed reality. AR, new AR, VR. Little little bit of this, little bit of that. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at it. It's definitely projected. That's weird. Um, but you are a little bit different, right? You have a device or two. Yeah, I've actually got more than I'd like to admit. I, when I was moving, I'm like, oh, I found another pair of VR goggles. Um, I don't know. It's the 12-year-old in me. I've always just wanted VR goggles. And they've, you know, they've. I've seen them improve over time. I had not the original Oculus, but one off, but still the dev version. It was kind of kooky and definitely gave me motion sickness, but I had a lot of fun. I used Unity, built a lot of little virtual environments. It was fun. I, I had no idea if the technology was ever going to be useful or if I could use it for more than four, 45 minutes without getting sick. So that, that's kind of where it stayed. And I kept buying more and more, but they all roughly stayed. The screens improved. They got lighter. My favorite is like the Oculus Go. I think it was just a nice mm. light little headset. Worked really well. Um, if, if, if the Apple device is the five years newer version of the Oculus Go, I'd be pretty happy. The problem is it's also seven times the price of the Oculus Go. So it better be seven times better. Yeah, I. Okay, wait, I did forget to mention, I have to say, uh, all that said, uh, my current set has been sitting in a drawer for the last at least six to nine months. Um, I just don't think of too many things to use it for. I'm I'm willing to try things, but uh, they got to make the experiences better than what I've witnessed already. Yeah, it's fascinating because it is more of an AR experience than a VR experience, but you can go full VR into your own dedicated space it's that fine. can surround you. Yeah, it's fine. You know, the best part of all the Oculuses was always their me- menu modes when mm. they uh, actually they just in the newest ones they actually started bringing in the real world started doing the AR thing oh. and that was genius because we would all do this little hack you could establish a safe area you're supposed to stay in the safe area <laughs> if you wandered out of the safe area it would render the outside world and you're like oh. well this is great now it's an AR device but yeah. it would only happen if you left the safe area and we found like funny little hacks like that uh, it's it's just good to see that like they're recognizing that's actually a great default mode. That's a good place yeah. to start. It seems like that's where they're going after, you know, kind of this, you know, you're in the real world first and you, you're the one that gets to go into the fully virtual world if you want at that point. Um, so it's a device you put on your head. Everything's built into it. It's cordless, except for you do have to have a battery packed. It's It's got a, if you plug it into the wall, Frank, it has all day battery. If, because you're, it's in the wall, if you, if you use the battery pack, 
you have to have one or the other. Then it's a two hour battery. So you do have a cord due to a battery pack. So it's extra weight down there. And they did a great job of hiding that and make it confusing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's a beautiful design. It looks very nice. It's got a digital crown on it. So everyone loves a little little dials like your watch It's very inspirational from, you know, the, the headphones to the watch to it, it was a, it's a beautifully designed device uh, in general. And yeah, they showed a little bit of everything, didn't they? They showed a little bit of um, uh, personal use, a little bit of gaming, a little bit of watching TV, a little FaceTime, little businesses, little uh, manufacturing thing. Well, and a if, bit if I can, I, I, I think they did something to really differentiate themselves. They really focused on two dimensional interfaces that exist mm. in the 3D world. Yeah. Whereas most of the other devices are, we're going to bring you into our immersive 3D world. And that, that other place, that's transitional. We don't want you to hang out there very much. But um, Apple wants to leverage their app store because I don't know if we mentioned, but our apps are going to be running in this virtual world. Who yeah. knows what they're going to look like? I'm really excited to see what iCircuit looks like in the virtual world. I'm afraid of how much money I'm going to have to put down to find out, but... <laughs> That's going to happen um, because it's, I don't, it didn't sound like it's an opt-in thing. It sounded like maybe they'll be opt-out, but it I sounds think. like our apps are just going to be running there. But anyway, that, that's cool. It's it's embracing that 2D world. And that's not even getting into like if you write an, an, an app native to that platform. We can talk about that yeah. later. But um, just their focus on let's make the 2D experience nice. I am curious if they'll allow you to do things like sticky posters like per room. So as you walk mm. through your house, like each room has a set of different things on it. I'm curious to see what their UI is actually like outside of demo mode. There's a lot of good details to get right there. Yeah, I'm interested. We call those anchors, right? Spatial anchors. Mm -hmm. Like I'm anchoring things there. Or is it just anchored to where you're at currently? I'll be super interested to see how it works. Again, you got to put it on your face and what kind of mode it is because those are different experiences. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I think overall I have zero need for this device, nor do I want this device, nor do I think that it'll be mass adopted just because it's too, it's very expensive. It's a pro. They come out with a pro or the heavy hitter first. You know, it's already a niche product in the regards of I don't see you know, my grandparents putting it on. There's not a kid's version from what I see. Um, you know, there's there's a there's that aspect of it already. And obviously it's thirty five hundred dollars, so it's quite expensive, you know, and that's fine if you're you can afford it and you want to give it a go. Um and it's, it looks very nice. You know, that being said, I do think it's one of the like you're saying, I think it's one of the better looking experiences from what I can tell because the app launcher looks nice. The continuity from I have a Mac and I'm putting the screens up. They showed Xcode on one side and they showed your app running on the other side, you know, having your virtual space and and going and doing that or watching and, and doing stuff or doing a FaceTime call and having your weird, creepy self portrait of yourself that's animating avatar ghost, that they've scanned your face ghost on. James. Uh, we're yeah. we're, we're going to talk to each other as ghosts from now on. <laughs> but it looks good. It looks like a nice device that I don't. One, uh, okay. but that's okay. Um, I didn't want it to begin I, with I want before to, I even saw it. So <laughs> I want to address your wants, but first I want to critique the device. I was a little bit sad to see it is just a VR device with lenses in it because they really skipped over the hardest part of all these devices, getting the lenses right. They're like, mm. we use three lenses to make our lens. I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of the minimum you need for that kind of thing. And so it's... And then they really skirt the issue of a fit. This device isn't coming out for a long time. They're like, come to the store and get fitted for it. I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. 
Uh-oh. Oh boy. <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like all these devices always had like a janky little dial on them where you could actually physically move the lenses to help Not align with your eyes. So I wonder if they're going to have options. Like there, there's a few question marks because I, I was wondering like, was it going to be um, uh, the Microsoft device? Sorry, I'm totally blanking. HoloLens. Yeah. Was it going to be that where they're projecting onto a piece of glass where it really would be ski goggles? But no, it's a VR device with lenses like okay. all the traditional you, VR lenses have been. That to me, they played mad trickery on me because if that is the case, I didn't realize that. I thought you were actually looking through it and the things were being projected over the physical world, but that's not the case. No, I don't believe so. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate to use a qualifier like that, everyone, but I'm. Uh, so on the front of the device are an array of cameras. Uh, there's LiDAR, there's multiple uh, color cameras, multiple depth cameras, uh, <sighs> UV projector. And so what I believe they're doing is it's a VR goggle and they're recording the outside world and then piping it back into your eyeballs. Whoa, mind blown. That's why there's lenses. If you look at it, if there's lenses, that's what they're doing. No way. I mean, (laughs) I guess that makes sense. I mean, it has the light seal, has all that stuff. I mean, it makes sense now that you say it, but how they displayed it and how they showed it was so that light seal, that light seal. You know what you learn when you you're snorkeling to find your drone at the bottom of a canal? You learn that snorkel masks are not mustache compatible. So that light seal is not going to be good on your face, buddy. (laughs) You know what's interesting now that you say it is they did have this part where they're like on the outside, they'll display something to show people that like you can't see anything and then they'll project your eyes. But I'm looking at the photo and you're totally right. They are projecting the eyes and it's not actually. Oh, that's interesting. Well, it is. okay. so what they say they're doing is kind of interesting. They say they're doing retina tracking, which um, it sounds easy. You would think it'd be easy. You just stick a camera at the eye and measure where it is. But our eyes flicker a lot, so it's actually a tricky algorithm. And there's a weird feedback loop that happens. Like, if your eye detects that something's tracking your eye, your eye tracks the tracker. And then you get yourself into, like, funny little loops. Uh, So I'm really curious to see how good their retina tracking thing is. I guess what I'm saying, James, is I'm going to buy this stupid thing, like, so begrudgingly. But, like, in for a penny, in for a pound. I really yeah. don't need it, and I really don't think I'm going to make much money off of it. I'm going to make an Asteroids game, and I'm going to pour Eye Circuit, because that's all I got. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What a weird device. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested. They did a great job of displaying this. You know, how it comes down to is, you know, the Swift UI reality kit and uh, scene kit all coming together. I think that's what they were saying is, hey, it's- they're like, hey, you've been building apps with this for a while. Oh, AR kit, UI kit, reality kit. AR kit pulls it all together. That's how you it's build these apps. Slightly confusing because um, reality kit and AR kit are UI kit kits. <laughs> they yeah. run on UI kits, so you can program them from UI kit. Uh, what they did though Jam was um, remake uh, Swift UI to run in reality kit, which is super cool because they can mix 2D and 3D UIs. Super neat yeah. trick. Microsoft did that in Windows Vista also, but. It's super cool trick. <laughs> yeah, I like. Uh, it. Um, yeah, that, so that was. I, neat. I do wonder if I can just port my AR kit app over to it. That's where I was going with that one. 
I would imagine they talked a lot about shared spaces, volumes, dedicated spaces, windows, like kind of through these different mechanisms, a lot of the different depth analysis. I think we just got to get our hands on it. There is going to be a simulator, though, which is kind of cool. So you can just run your app in the Xcode simulator. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I'm happy to see they they were working on that. And I was wondering, like, they had great visualizations for how to show what an AR app looks like. They, I don't think they've done quite these visualizations before um, where they're showing the virtual screen or what you're going to perceive within the goggles uh, actually yeah. out from a third person point of view. It was, it was a good way to render it. And I'm curious if that's how the simulator is going to be also looked like it. Looked like it. They did a great job of demoing it again. Not for me, but that's okay. Um, all right, Frank, let us do a, uh, analysis breakdown. What did you think of the overall day one keynotes? Uh, what's your score? Uh, I'm going to give them a passing grade. I'm going to give them a seven though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I said this in the, in our predictions, I, I think I would have been more excited about AR goggles two years ago when I was mm. staying at home a lot more. But now I go outside and I don't really feel the need for AR goggles, even though I know I'm going to end up spending the bucks. And they only show these inside. They didn't show anyone walking outside with the AR goggles on. I ever. wanted to bring that up. Thank you, sir. Uh, we think mm-hmm. alike. Yeah, like I, I, I'm domestic now. So I'm like, can... will this help me mow the lawn? <laughs> <laughs> Can I you bring know. it outside even? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it has a wireless battery that's attached via wire. Uh, well, it has the camera thing in there too and recording videos in three dimensions and stuff. Uh, I don't know, it kind of feels like a Google Glass uh, weird scenario. I mean, people aren't going to wear these very at the bar. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking like a Miami beach though. Is it going to survive? They, they did show one scenario which was on an airplane. And I actually think that that's cool, <laughs> but also kind of terrible for the air flight attendants that are going to be like trying to do stuff. And then people are on there, you know, gosh. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think about that, but people put face masks on already. I think the protocol will be about the same. Yeah, probably. Um, I think for me, I'm actually going to give them an eight out of 10. Um, I do think that the only because the keynote was very Apple keynote. Fine. (laughs) I thought that the platform state of the union was, uh, very well developer focused. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, they just they wrote they wrote in quote a lot of Swift code. I like that. They talked a lot about new Xcode features, new things that I cared about, new kits, and they covered all of it in an hour and thirty minutes to the T, which I liked. And that's including like thirty minutes of Vision OS stuff that I kind of fell asleep for. But actually, I did watch and it kind of helped explain AR VR to me. They maybe did the best definition of these spaces and the they call them the fundamentals. Uh, so to me, I thought that was really cool. So I'm going to give them eight out of ten. Um, you know, I still think of, of the conferences this year, um, it wasn't live, didn't need to be live, but I actually kind of liked that build was, was live and Google was live and had an aspect of it that was a little bit different. I also thought that they kind of are for developers missing some of these key AI features that maybe will come next year or the year after. So, um, you know, they, they had some new IntelliTense stuff, but I feel like that was kind of lacking, but I did like that the platform state of the union was very platformy and i'm excited to watch some videos deep diving on store kit specifically because it's so cool and thanks store kit and the store kit team for making this my favorite favorite thing ever um that's good and um i thought that was really neat so yeah that's neat <laughs> that's neat <laughs> it is neat yeah. um yeah and and a it, it, it's being generous <laughs> the 
the dev focus was really nice though and refreshing. And so I, I do want to ask you a question because you paid a lot more attention than I did. Did they announce Copilot for Xcode? Still no. not going to happen. Jeepers! Get along, no. big corpse. Get the get the they, big corpse energy happening. No, nothing at all. They did talk a tiny bit more about improvements to IntelliSense, kind of like intent telecody type of stuff that will right. use the context and. They'll do some more uh, um, statically typing of your. But it's not going to write a search algorithm for you. No, 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 no. Come on, a lot of nice, a lot of nice, a lot of nice improvements to Xcode with widget kits and snapshots and the previewer and stuff like that. That was Mm -hmm. really, really cool. But no crazy AI stuff. Darn. It's all okay. It's all all that went into the goggles. So. It's funny because Swift is such a nice programming language, but like you go to use it and Copilot doesn't work, and you're like, "Wow, this is primitive." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the world. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Um. All right, Mr. All right, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Yeah. Eight out of ten. I, I I just can't believe I'm going to spend money on a thing I wanted two years ago. That's that's <laughs> my concluding thoughts. I'm going to go on that, a vacation. Windows viewports. Spaces, I forget already. Volumes, volumes. volumes. I can't wait to put, put some asteroids and some volumes and use my eyeballs to destroy them. I like it. It's all I got. All right. <laughs> well, I think on that, I think we cut it down to under 50 minutes. So I think it's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict on our WWDC 2023 recap. We'll let you know what we think of some of these other sessions and videos. And when Frank gets his hands on, in a whole year of the Vision headset. So that's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Bonsamagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for watching and listening. Peace. Peace.